Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordo, let's talk some NBA. Summer League going on uh, right now down in Las Vegas. Of course, free agent news coming fast and furious, and the Jazz uh, got a chance to introduce Mike Conley and Bojan Bogdanovic to the media as official Jazz men today. Let's talk about it with our next guest. He's editor of the Rookie Wire for USA Today. He is Cody Taylor with us on The Big Show. Hello, Cody. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we want to get to some summer league, some rookie stuff with you, of course, but want to get uh, your impressions on the Utah Jazz offseason, adding a couple players and making it official today. Yeah, I think it's been a remarkable summer that they've had so far, um, you know, picking up Mike Conley Jr., uh, you know, introducing him, and then, uh, you know, picking up uh, Boyan. And, um, you know, I think when you really look at the landscape, of the NBA right now, and as we know, it's changing by the second, it seems like. Uh, I think you really got to look at the Jazz and, and their chances in the Western Conference. Of course, the, the Clippers are, are stacked. The Lakers got their guy in AD. And, and, but I think when you look at the Jazz, uh, adding Mike Conley Jr., uh, you know, really established score as a point guard, a big upgrade over Ricky Rubio. And, he, and we know Ricky Rubio was a, was a solid player for, for the Jazz, but when you have a chance to add uh, a guy like Mike Conley Jr., you definitely take it. And I think when you look at the Western Conference right now, as far as top teams go, Utah Jazz are certainly up there. You can make a case top three, top four maybe, uh, depending on where some of the other teams may fall. But, uh, you know, so far so good for the Jazz. So do you think this thing is going to be as wide open as it appears to be? I think I think uh, initially we we might see that just because when you have so much change, I, I think what a lot of people may not always kind of see is how all of these changes affect the on-court play, how they adjust to their new teammates. We've seen some of these super teams over the past few years, of course, with LeBron, the big three, and 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 Miami. They they went through some growing pains that first year. They they had uh you know some some growing pains on the court. And so, you know, I think you would definitely see that. Uh, you know, if you see that, you won't be too surprised with the Clippers, with the Lakers, and, and with some of those other teams that are, that are changing so much. And so I think initially uh, this upcoming season, it, it might seem pretty pretty wide open. And then as the season progresses, as these teams get more comfortable with each other, they'll start kind of the, the cream will rise to the top in a sense, and then we'll see some of these top teams really start to separate themselves. Gordon and I were, were talking earlier about how a big lesson to be taken from this year's offseason is kind of the, the transition of power, so to speak, is now mm-hmm. firmly to the players where they're the ones flexing their muscle and putting together these big teams. What do you think about that, that shift and where it goes from here? Yeah, I think it's an interesting dynamic because certainly you look at NBA, NFL, just all of these sports and how some of these teams can be quite ruthless to say the least and just up and trade a player in the middle of the night or whatever the case is, sign them uh, and, and do all these other sorts of moves. And so 
for the players, you, you really got to be kind of encouraged, I guess, in the sense that, you know, if, if, you, if you do get locked into a situation that is no longer working, then you can kind of figure out a way to maneuver your way out of town. And we've seen that with Paul George and just a number of guys um, throughout the course of the league. And so I think, um, you know, for if you're a team, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting time uh, if you're building teams. And, and signing players, we're seeing teams opt for one, two-year deals, maybe even three-year deals. The the days of of the four-year deals, uh, you know, with some exceptions, I believe, are, are kind of dwindling just because things are changing so much. Uh, it's incredibly difficult to move off of some of these large contracts, and, and so I think um, you know it, it might it might work out for for both parties involved. To be honest. You were alluding to this earlier as you talked about uh, these teams sort of taking form as the season goes on. But how important to you is, is is the second unit? I mean, because like the Jazz, we talked to you about Bogdanovich and Mike Conley, but we didn't mention Ed Davis or Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about those guys, and those guys are going to bolster that second uh, that second unit. Uh, that's pretty important for these teams, isn't it, uh, through an 82-game regular season? No, 100%. It absolutely is. And I mean, I think even when we, when you look at what the Lakers were trying to do, I think a lot of, a lot of people were, were kind of questioning, you know, do you use all that cap space to, to try to lure a, a big guy, a Kawhi, or do you try to spread that wealth around? And I think what, what has been so impressive with what the Utah Jazz have done is, of course, you know, we know Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert headlines the group, but you can kind of go down down the list there and see Joe Ingles and Royce O'Neal and um, some of these other guys that may not necessarily grab all the headlines, but are certainly players that the Jazz uh, are going to need, um, you know, next season to have success. And I mean, you know, Royce O'Neal is a guy that, you know, I've followed for, for quite some time. I know him a little bit and to see him, um, you know, kind of establish himself as a rotational player, maybe even starts next year, but he's been an outstanding defender uh, for the Jazz, and if he can you know, continue working on his offensive game, he'll be a really dangerous player and, and someone the Jazz def, uh, you know, value tremendously. Cody Taylor is with us from USA Today. Cody, what do you think about Oklahoma City, what they got in return for Paul George, and what could they possibly get for Russell Westbrook? Yeah, I mean, when you look at, I think, as far as player movement goes this summer, in my opinion, the Paul George trade was, was the most shocking just because we had we didn't really know this ahead of time. There was no inclination that Paul George wasn't happy uh, in OKC, and it probably wasn't even that he wasn't happy. It was just more or less Kawhi Leonard recruiting him to L.A., a place that we know Paul George wants to play. Um is obviously from the area and wanted to get to get back home. Of course, most thought that would be with the Lakers, but he'll take it. Same building, L.A. Uh, he, he's going home. And so, for what the Thunder did, getting uh, you know probably one of the steals of last year's draft, if you can call him that, as a lottery pick, is Shea Gilgis Alexander, a guy who's regarded highly around the league as an up-and-coming guy, um, you know, young player with a lot of room still to improve and then I think if maybe you even just kind of maybe stopped the deal there and, and looked at some of the uh, some of the picks they had they of course got five picks four unprotected and even if you threw in maybe Shea Gildas Alexander and maybe two of those picks I think that would have been a really good deal for them but to see what they got and of course they got 
Danilo Gallinari, who will probably start for him, uh, was, was a tremendous deal uh, by all accounts on the Thunder. And then when you look at Russ, it's just shaping up to, to be a situation where they'll probably move him. Um, and the Miami Heat are, are the team uh, that is the front runner, the reported front runner. And I'm not quite sure what, if they have enough assets to, to kind of make that happen or what they might be able to get back. But, you know, you can make the salaries match for sure. They have a number of guys uh, on some large contracts there. And so, you know, I even heard someone speculate that perhaps the Thunder, since they got so much in return for Paul George, may not necessarily need a ton of assets for Russell Westbrook. And, you know, if he can get off his contract four years, $170 million, you know, a draft pick, a young guy or two, Justice Winslow, for instance, you know, that's probably something they look at. And so we know that the, the Miami Heat have long tried to, to stay relevant by adding superstars. They get Jimmy Butler. And then, you know, if you're, if you're Sam Presti and knowing what kind of uh, organization the Thunder are running, you know, they're, they'll probably work with, with Russ, and by all accounts they are, to put him in a, in a successful situation. And it sounds like Miami is something like that, uh, you know, impresses him a lot. So if he does get, end up there, how do you think it lines up in the, in the East? Jake and I were talking about this. You like the Sixers? You like the Bucks? You like uh, who do you like back there? Yeah, I think if if they can get uh, Russ, and of course we're we're not sure how that on court chemistry will work with uh, with Jimmy Butler in this hypothetical situation. But you know, I I think that with with Kawhi going to L.A., that it, it kind of opens the door up a little bit more uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. And then I mean, the Seventy Sixers are right there as well. You, you got to think that. Uh, the Boston Celtics are probably taking a step back. The Brooklyn Nets are certainly going to be better um, and, of course, won't reach their full potential until a couple seasons from now when KD returns. But I think if you really look at the, the playoff picture, most of those, those playoff teams from a year ago will probably still be in, in the race there. Um, but it, it, for my money, if, if I'm if I'm trying to call it right now on, on July 8, 2018, who's uh, – taking the Eastern Conference, uh, I'd go with the Milwaukee Bucks for, for now. Cody Taylor with us from USA Today, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, switching gears to a little summer league. Any concern that uh, Zion's summer league only lasted nine minutes? No, not necessarily. I think, uh, you know, they're taking the overly cautious approach, and there was probably a chance that he would, <clears throat> wouldn't have suited up in each of the five games that the Pelicans would have played, and he probably would have been in one or two more games but you know certainly if you're if you're ESPN or, or some of the TV networks that we're hoping Zion would play have a deep play or a deep summer league run you know they're probably a little disappointed as I'm sure fans are they wanted to see the the number one pick on the court but you know he he flashed uh he did everything we we thought he would do um what we've seen from him at Duke in that in those nine minutes an eventful nine minutes um you know of course highlighting is a little run in there with uh, Kevin Knox where he just snatched the ball from him. But, you know, he, he had some, some nice dunks and, and made some athletic plays that, that we've seen him have. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're the Summer League NBA, some of the top guys, of course, aren't playing. Uh, but there's been a lot of other talent, uh, you know, playing and, and performing well. What do you think is the usefulness of the Summer League? Yeah, I think it's it's and you know I was thinking about this earlier and, and as I just kind of mentioned, like a lot of these top guys are are playing and, and of course some are hurt, 
But some teams, uh, there was a report not long ago, Jared Culver from Minnesota, who by all accounts is healthy, uh, will sit out for, for summer league as he kind of transitions into his new team. So I think a lot, I think we're starting to see a lot more, uh, especially this year where, where teams are, are being overly cautious with these guys. There's so much money invested in them that any kind of freak injury or anything like that unforeseen could potentially derail their first year, first couple of years, or whatever the case is. And so I think you, you really look at, and, and it's, a, it's a testament to what the NBA has built, though, with this summer league because, you know, I remember, I'm not out there this year, but I remember for four or five years ago first going, you know, it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. And, you know, being in a building for when Lonzo Ball made his debut, it, it was electric and uh, for, for July basketball in, in the desert. You know, it, it's become remarkable what, it, what it's become. And, you know, it really just gives a guy, give those fringe guys a, a, a real chance to, to kind of make their – make their case to be in the NBA, the G League, even overseas. There's so many, uh, you know, basketball minds in the gym on any given day out there. So it's just become really just, a, you know, a really entertaining event for, for basketball fans. Give us a rookie or two you think has the game to make an immediate impact. Yeah, there's been, there's been some guys. Um, and when you look at, um, so some of the players that, that have gone and, and you know there's as, as we've kind of mentioned some of the top guys may not um, you know be playing necessarily all that well or even playing at all um, you know R.J. Barrett comes to mind who, who hasn't played well but Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics is a guy that you know he's already become a fan favorite with, with the Celtics just because of his outgoing personality but when you actually watch him on the court he, he's a real versatile big man that his game just is perfect in today's game and of course with the Celtics kind of in a transition phase there um, you know there there's there's some wiggle room the the rotations uh, aren't necessarily set uh, so far uh, so he, he's been a guy that, that's really impressed Biondu, uh Kevin Gelly from from the Los Angeles Clippers a late first round guy um, you know he, he's really made a, a really in just a couple of games really made some impressive uh, performances um, you know, he's just a guy that has a high motor. You know, that's a that's one of those cliche terms to to describe a prospect. But watching him, you know, he had six offensive rebounds on Saturday and just looked remarkable on the court. So these are some of the guys that that have really benefited. You know, we're talking about the risk and and reward of playing in summer league, and I think those are a couple of guys that that are really kind of taking their opportunity and run with it. How important do you think it is for Ben Simmons to develop an outside shot? And how important is that for any point guard? And then secondarily, we all look at Ben Simmons because we have the natural thing watching uh, Donovan Mitchell play. Which of those two players do you think is going to end up having the more productive career? Yeah, it's kind of a, a hot-button issue just because of, of, you know, obviously Ben Simmons being where he was drafted versus Donovan Mitchell. And... You know, I've always, in, in watching Ben Simmons, I've, I've always been a, a fan of his overall impact on a game. But, you know, going back to the playoffs, what Jerry, Jared Dudley said, and which got, I think, got taken way out of proportion that he was just average, an average offensive player in the half court. And, I mean, it's absolutely true, you know, if, whether or not he likes it or not, uh, Ben Simmons, that is, just because, you know, teams don't respect his shot. And until you, develop that jumper 
just any sort of jumper and you know to see him not take any three-pointers at all in his career so far is troubling and so I think for him to continue to make that that evolution as one of the best point guards in the league he's going to need a, a jump shot and it's not it's not just on Ben Simmons not to pick on him or anything but some of these guys especially in today's game and just throughout the course of basket history of the basketball is you got to be able to shoot and so Donovan Mitchell to me I think is just a little bit more well re- well rounded in the regard of what he brings on the offensive end. Cody, we really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming on and sharing a little wisdom. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Cody Taylor, editor of the Rookie Wire uh, for USA Today, joining us talking a little NBA basketball. And, of course, uh, Cody joined us on the Sprint special guest line. Gordon customers can get the fantastic iPhone X for 50% off with Flex Lease. Visit the local Sprint store near you. A lot of good commonsensical talk there from Cody. You know, I thought he was right on the money on just about everything he said, at least in my opinion. Yeah, he made a lot of sense. Cody was good. We'll have to have Cody back on the show. Right down to, I'm sure jazz fans liked what he said in the comparison between Ben Simmons and Donovan. Well, he's totally right. And and Dudley was totally right when he talked about that. In the half court, he's just an average basketball player because of his limitations. I keep reading these rankings of uh, various experts around the NBA. And I don't see very many people talking about that in their evaluation of the Sixers, and it seems like they should. Hmm. Well, if if Ben Simmons were to break down that shot and develop one and effective, I mean, he'd be awfully good. But until he does that, and if he does that, I mean, he won't even take a three. Right, right. He won't even take one. But guys, he's supposed to be working out with Buck this summer. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Buck, who also couldn't shoot, might <laughs> might turn his game around. Did yeah. you see those reports that uh, Buck actually did the Lakers a disservice in the recruitment of Kawhi Leonard? Uh, you mean it worked as a negative? Well, apparently the <laughs> the Raptors camp told all teams involved uh, in, in negotiating for Kawhi Leonard services that they needed to keep everything quiet, plug those leaks. They didn't want... They didn't want uh, any word getting out. And you know what our boy Buck Johnson did? What he did? Went right to the L.A. Times. Blah, 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 <laughs> blah, 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 Me, 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 my, me, me, me. <laughs> and um, now some other reports out there say that uh, that uh, Kawhi was down on the Lakers before the meeting even took place. But there's some people out there saying, like, you know, Kawhi's people said, hey, let's let's keep this on the down low. And Buck couldn't help himself. Because uh, Buck is looking for credit to save face from the way things ended. That was always sort of his charm, wasn't it? Uh, charm? Even back to when he was a player, he just said dumb things sometimes and everybody loved him for it. That was not, well, good move by the Lakers putting Buck in that room. Well done. What is he doing? He doesn't even I work for the, the franchise anymore. I, what is he I, doing? I have no idea. I have no idea. But essentially, in what I've read about the Clippers deal, Kawhi's the one that made it happen. Right. He said, okay. Playing everyone like a fiddle, Gordon. Get me Paul George and I'm coming. Want to remind you once again about our friends at uh, Ute Conference Football. They have that 14U division that will allow players the full high school experience, high school rules, unlimited weights, real football. Tired of rec league competition? Sign up today at UteConferenceFootball.org. We're going to take you through some of the highlights from the press conference today involving Mike Conley, Bojan Bogdanovic, as well as Justin Zanuck. Stay tuned for that. More Big Show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
This is DJ and PK. I'm telling you here, man. The Jazz made such a heist these last few weeks that Zanuck, Lindsey, David Morway. Forget about Daryl Morey. I got David Morway. And Jay-Z and Lindsey. They made such a heist that their mugs are in the post office for Most Wanted because they've ripped off the NBA. How's that for a hell of a line right there? Rick Riley, eat your heart out. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Round, round, get around, I get around, yeah, get around, round, round, I get around, I get around, round, round, I get around, round, 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 I get around. Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. want to remind you, join Scotty and Hans coming up on Thursday from noon to 3 at Soundsleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East, right there in Sandy. We're doing the Beach Boys today because Jake's in a beachy kind of mood. I am. Uh, just, yeah. I always like the Beach Boys, though. Who's your favorite Beach Boy? Oh, I don't know. I liked the less talented Wilson brother. Why? <laughs> no reason whatsoever. You know... Uh, I was very young when that uh, whole uh, surfing stuff took over, uh, but I wonder what that was like. You know, was it just like the, a swelling wave? Like, the, 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 all right. Uh, no, I, there was I, a no, press conference no, no, today, no, Gordon. Really, I was curious to know: Did all of a sudden everybody start liking beach music? Did it happen overnight? Uh, sure, it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, everyone had to go out and get there. Woody uh, and their, uh, you know, drive those around with the surfboards on top, yeah. even though they lived in Iowa. Next thing you know, the Beach Boys are hanging 10 hits out there. Mm. Press conference today, Gordon. Mike Conley. Do and, we feel good about this? And no, okay. not at all. And Bojan Bogdanovic officially uh, introduced to the media. And Mike Conley uh, paid a visit to Salt Lake. He uh, did. He did you did. see the video? Uh-huh. Uh, very good. And uh, I thought uh, I thought the press conference, everybody came off looking good. And uh, should we play a few of yeah, these uh, highlights? Uh-huh. All right, let's start with Mike. And he talks about how the trade deadline drama was actually a good thing. You know, it, it kind of got me prepared. You know, just the opportunity. Um or, you know, knowing that it was possible. You know, I didn't know if it was going to happen in February or not, but um, after the deadline passed, I knew that things would pick up again. And so my mind was already thinking of, you know, what it would be like to live here or there. And Utah, obviously, um, was at the forefront uh, of the trade discussion. So I was just kind of preparing myself for it. Um, and now I'm just, you know, ready to, to live it. Okay. Well... Yeah, I, so it worked out for him. 
and uh, he seems truly excited about being here. Wasn't there a rumor going around at first, way back at the trade deadline, that he wasn't all that excited about coming? Well, his dad had said something, or some comments from his dad had surfaced that he didn't want to go to Utah. But what he says there actually makes a lot of sense to me. Because if you're blindsided with something, right. Gordon, if I, if I came to you and said, hey, guess what, Gordon, um, uh, NewsOKC or whatever that website is, .com has decided to trade for you, pack your bags for Oklahoma City, you'd be a little blindsided, No. Um, you go live in OKC. Right. Salt Lake City, uh, and you and I are both on the, the same wavelength here, is a wonderful place to live. It's Frankly, it's why we live here. But in NBA circles, it's probably one of those places that takes a little more investigation to figure out it's pretty darn good. Yeah. And so that makes sense to me that, that Utah, he, he thought, was a destination he could likely end up a, a, in, and he probably did look into it a little more. Especially the, the reason this is coming across – and being welcomed the way it is, because Mike Conley was Memphis. Right. It's all he knew. Uh, he was connected to that community for all those years. They're going to retire his number. Which is cool, by the way. Yeah. But that's the connection there. And so leaving that is not easy to do. And uh, so that would make... The way you're leaving things makes the way you you sort of look at arriving somewhere else like they can they can bleed together a little bit, but I I've been really impressed with Mike Conley as far as his overall attitude goes, and the way he's viewing both the team and the community and the opportunity. Well, I think you probably realized, and we talked about this earlier, fit is, I, I think, a, a real key word for the Jazz in their offseason movement. And he probably looked into it a little bit and realized, wow, I could be a really good fit here. I can do exactly what this team needs. Right, and I saw him in an interview earlier talking about winning a championship yep. here. And he really believes that it's a possibility. And that, uh, that'll fire up your engines uh, if you're uh, a veteran player in the NBA. In fact, that's our next cut. Here's right. him talking about possibly winning it all with the Jazz. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's all you really want, you know, as an NBA player is to be able to compete at a high level every night and give yourself opportunities to do, to do great things. Um, unfortunately for me, uh, the last few seasons, you know, it, it, we didn't really have that opportunity. And uh, regardless of that, you know, trying to I think that was a more trying time in my career, being able to, to stay locked in and stay focused through um, a situation where we knew we weren't you know, going to have opportunity to play in the playoffs and stuff like that. So um, right now, it's just a breath of fresh air. It's a, a shot in the arm um, and just really ready to go. Yeah, so that that uh, reinforces what we just said about the bounce being easier leaving Memphis to come somewhere where all that's true. Do you think it says a lot about him that he's not a guy who was in a contract year situation, but yet he still had the best year of his career when surrounded by essentially a subpar team? I think he's just a conscientious guy. I just I, I think it would be easy to pack it in in circumstances like that. It would be easy to kind of miss some games here and there, mm -hmm. and it would be easy not to perform up to the level that he did. And he's got two years left on his deal. It's he not does. like he had anything to prove, mm -hmm. and he still got a uh, you know got the award for the best teammate in the league. I mean, those are those it's are just who he is, right? He, I think that not, says a lot about him. Yeah, he's not faking it at all, and quite frankly. He's going to come to the Jazz and play great. Here's Mike talking about the championship window and how open it really is. I think uh, uh, the whole league feels that there's opportunity for everybody. But our goals 
you know, it's going to be day to day, you know, trying to, to get in the mud and, and work um, because we we don't know what it, t- what it what it takes to win a championship yet. You know, as we go through the journey, we're going to learn together um, and fight together, you know, lose, win, all the things that come into play during the season um, to hopefully have that opportunity to compete at that level at the end of the year. So um, we're going to be, you know, just working and grinding like we, we expect to do. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens as the season goes on. Uh, Jake, you and you and Austin, let, let me explain something to you. When you get down in the mud, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's where you got to have your boots on, and you got to have uh, good, comfortable boots with a good kind of tread on there. And you get down there, you got your gloves, your work gloves on. You get down in that mud, and you just slop. That's what you do. And I know you haven't spent a lot of time in the mud. When was the last time slickers. you did anything resembling that? I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot you you spread some mulch for Lisa last year. You've he's seen pictures. Come on. <laughs> get down in that mud. Uh I you get dirty. I, I like that answer cuz it's a very team-oriented answer. Yeah. Yeah, I I it, Mike Conley's the kind of guy and I think we've picked up on this as we've done research on him that if he said I would rather score 14 points a game and have my team succeed than score 25 points a game and have my team fail. He's a guy you would actually believe. Right. I agree. All right, let's move on to Bojan, shall we? Let's. Uh, and, and this is a really interesting clip, I think. Here's uh, him talking about why he was attracted to the Jazz. I mean, when I, when I have a call from a, from a Jazz and I saw the roster that, uh, that we have right now with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with Mike, Mitchell, and, and a great, great group of guys, great mix of, of young and, uh, and veteran players that make me, make me so excited. And, 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 and I, was, I was so happy to, to have that call and, and, and be part of, of, of this organization and, and, and culture. Yeah, we were all happy. I think that he's he's if a lot of the same stuff going on there. I I got to work on my Croatian accent. That was just dreadful. It's, it's happy hippie 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 Hip. so hippie. I think that, so I knew you'd be able to. I, I love it that we're going down the accent direction, even when that is just a terrifically insightful cut into the biggest free agent the Jazz have gotten since Carlos. Well, he was excited about the lineup. Right. I was so happy. The Jazz hippie. got the Jazz got a free agent player from another playoff team. The Pacers made the playoffs last year, and they made it a priority to keep him. And he said no to them and came to the Jazz because he liked what they were putting together. That's so important, especially when you look at a franchise that hasn't necessarily landed free agents with ease in the past. Well, and he, I think that's last, so key. Last year, the burden fell on him. After Oladipo got hurt, and so he was being counted. He he was doing things that kind of Donovan Mitchell was being counted on to do for the Jazz. Great point. And now the two of them come together, and they can share the burden. And both of them will be burdened, but they will be uh, less burdened than they were last year. Much less. Yeah. Much less. I I think that is I. I dare say that was the most important thing said at that press conference today. Why he picked the Utah Jazz to come bring his services to play for. I thought that that was uh, extraordinarily important. And there are basketball players out there who will say, I want to go to the best situation for me on the floor to win. 
not to get stats, not to go sit on the beach in Miami, but a good fit for somebody to go take their their career to the next level by winning at a high level. Yeah. I, I thought that was really important. Yeah, and uh, it's that's, again, a fit thing. Well, uh, This guy fits both physically, what his talents are, and his attitude. In fact, here's him talking about fitting into Quinn Snyder's system. He has been one of the, one of the best, best teams moving the moving ball offensively and, and one of the best ranking teams defensively. So coach is excited like, like we are. We got, like I said before, pretty, pretty deep, deep roster. There is many, many rotation and many combination that he can, he can use during the, during the game. So it's going, to be, it's going to be really, really fun for all of us. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like a player who spent some time on the phone talking to Quinn Snyder. Probably. Well, that's something that you've hit on for a long time, that when you've got a coach like Coach Schneider, it's going to attract players who want to play in that system. I, I don't find it any coincidence he mentioned the ball movement. I mean, we've talked a lot about Russell Westbrook today. We've talked a lot in the past about James Harden. Frankly, most players don't want to stand around and watch those guys play basketball. Yeah. They'd rather be in a system where they get to participate and the ball moves and it pops. In fact, if you believe the reports, that's the number one divide between Chris Paul and James Harden. Chris Paul's tired of standing around and yeah. watching him let the air out of and the I ball. And I don't blame him. I don't either. A player of that magnitude that's really reduced to something less than what he is? Who wants that? And I'm not talking about just piling up statistics. I'm talking about contributing to wins. Right. And everybody wants to play. Everybody wants to touch the ball. Everybody wants to play a key role. And it's hard to swallow, and, and some people do, it's hard, it's hard to swallow the pill of, hey, guess what? Your job, this is your job offensively. I want you to stand around. And when the ball comes to you, you better make it. You better make it, or we're moving on to find somebody else who can. Who wants to do, who wants to do that? Not if you're multi-talented. I'm just saying not if you're human. I mean, think of, uh, you know, nobody like, likes uh, to... go uh, go, uh, you know, attach sprockets on uh, all day long and that's all you do? Nobody likes to play a pickup game with Tony Parks. Because you know you're never going to touch the ball. He's just going to do everything himself and then bark at you when you do something wrong. Austin, and I, I say did, that and mean it half-kidding. Did you punch somebody you played with once on a, on a ward ball team? No, I oh. never punched anyone oh. I played with on a ward ball team. On a ward ball team? But on that city league, you were really getting after it? No, it wasn't City League either. Huh? Hoop it up? Oh, it no, you know. Round ball ruckus? Go play intramurals, brother. Ah, I see. A teammate? No. Oh, okay. That I've had right. a teammate try to punch me at church ball. But, well, what did you do? I knew Ducked that. and I ran because no. the guy was huge. What did you do wrong? I, he was trying to fight someone else, and I pulled him off him, and so he just turned around and swung at me. But anyway. You were the we, peacemaker. The point is, yeah, no one wants to play with Tony. Exactly. Plus, he'll throw That's some non non important stat from twenty three at you. So that was the point of that whole discussion: was nobody wants to play with Tony. You know the Chicago Bears in nineteen nineteen. We tease Tony about what a ball hog he is, and he's earned that reputation. We also think he's proud of it at the media training camp thing. But the thing about that is that really, as you mentioned earlier, Jake, I don't care what level of basketball you're playing. Nobody wants to play with a ball hog. Nope. Nobody wants to be isolated. Nobody wants to be, uh, uh, you know, frozen out of the play. That, that's no good. And maybe it's the best thing for your team. Like James Harden might be the best one-on-one player in the history of the NBA. 
He, he may he may well be that. So if you're Houston, you know you can't blame him for for going heavy on James Harden. But that still doesn't make players want to play there anymore. I wouldn't think. I mean, can you imagine Maybe what a, James Harden should have played a, 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 a non-team sport? Well, I think if Harden and we saw the rumors were Russell Westbrook, where he might end up. You know, if those two play play together now, it would be an absolute disaster, in my opinion. You think you're going to get Russell Westbrook to stand around and watch James Harden play ball? That only worked in Oklahoma City for a moment because uh, Harden was younger. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now Harden. Come those, on, those MVP two, Harden? Are you kidding? It would be a disaster. It, it would almost be fun to watch, just to see what would happen. I mean, really, because Russell Westbrook could just keep the ball the whole time, and James Harden could keep the ball the whole time. So, and both of them would pout when they didn't have the ball. <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, Chris Paul would just be yelling at both of them. It would be fun. I agree. I'm with you on this. Not sports, sports. Straight ahead. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven five and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I think Donovan is enough with the collection of talent around him now to get the Jazz into a special place. If he does take that even further step above that, now we're talking that it's not an if but a when for next season for the Utah Jazz. We're talking they are a top three team in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. And that's because we both feel that Donovan Mitchell will make that next jump. Yeah, a significant jump which he's capable of. And when I say significant jump, I mean this guy's been used to making significant jumps. He's made enormous jumps in his career before, this would not surprise me at all if he makes this significant jump here. Donovan has that ability to do that and then some. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I wish Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE, and correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game, brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Time for the Nod Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? You think girls around the country all wish they were California girls? No. That's what the song says. No, he wishes that they could be California girls. Well, yeah, but it's Not that the girls themselves wish they were from California. But he's inferring that they would wish that they were, right? No, he's he's saying that he loves girls all around the world. And he wishes and they, he all wished they in were California? all in California. See, I, I'm reading it different than that. Well, you're wrong. I think he's saying, man, okay, the the Midwest daughters, uh, farmers' daughters are terrific and all that, and they're all good for who they're for. But the girls out here in California are all this and that. Says I wish they all could be California girls, but they're not. You He's just, not talking you, you, about, hey, all you girls moved to California. I know you think that everybody out there wants to live in Southern California. I know that that's a thing that is in your brain, but <laughs> no, it's not. I think it's the other way around. No. Yeah. All right. Um, today's, uh, we're going to Utah. All right. This is kind of a crazy story, actually. A, uh, a bunch of drunk guys were in their front yard. Okay. 
Causing trouble or just hanging out? And they found on the ground an itty-bitty little injured lesser goldfinch. A bird? Yes. Okay. A little teeny bird that was injured. And they didn't know quite what to do because they'd all been pounding beers. So what did they do? They called an Uber driver. And the first one bailed on him when he found out that they wanted the Uber driver to transport this itty-bitty little bird. Uh, But the second one uh, agreed to transport the little injured lesser goldfinch to uh, uh, something called the, uh, let me get this straight, Wildlife Rehabilitation Center of Northern Utah. Okay. That's nice. So they and and the driver agreed to do it. So the, and the the drunk guys called the uh, the rehabilitation center and asked if if they could uh, take another patient, I guess. And they said sure. So the Uber driver did. They paid. They paid the driver. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So it's like a little birdie ambulance. And, and they said, and they told the driver, said, hey, man, this bird's injured and we're too drunk to drive. And so she said, okay, well, you're paying. I said, yep, we're paying. And uh, so they, she carted the bird off to the rehabilitation center. And the uh, rehabilitation center apparently was grateful uh, they posted this, I think, on Facebook. It said, uh, while we feel we've seen it all and can't be amazed by anything, and I bet they do see some crazy I'm things. I'm sure they do. There is always someone out there to prove us wrong. Uh, thank you to the rescuer who helped this little one get the care it needed in a timely manner. And thank you for keeping yourself safe and others on the road safe as well. I like everything about this story. It's a little bit for the birds. <sighs> Except that joke. The story was great. That joke, not so much. You see this picture of a little birdie? I mean, cute. Yeah. So, how about that? They, they thought, you know, we're not going to drive anywhere. Let's get an Uber on the horn and uh, get this bird to safety. Yeah, the headline is in People Magazine An intoxicated Utah man calls an Uber to rescue injured baby bird. He is too drunk to help. <laughs> Man's got to know your limitations, right? Absolutely, it's .05 in this in this state these days. Now the bird, is this a real story? Yeah, yeah, it's in. People, this is legitimate. People Magazine. Oh, People dot com. Is People hashtag fake news? Austin, it's a little TMZ, but People. The, it's a little tabloidish. Was the bird drunk? I, I would guess the bird was sober in this story. Yeah, all right. Well, the driver was a little concerned at first because she pulled up. And uh, there was four guys on the front lawn drinking beer. <laughs> and she thought she was going to be transporting them. And, you know, you can't have an open container of beer in right. a car. Oh, okay. Because so, isn't uh, driving drunk people around, isn't that like 75% of the clientele for Uber and Lyft? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, as someone who used to do it, 75 is generous. It's more like 95. Yeah, yeah. right. That's really? what I did. Yeah, you yeah. were an Uber driver? Uh, Lyft, yeah. Lyft. And uh, what what percentage of people actually vomited in your car? I never did have anyone vomit in my car, but it was my number one fear. Wasn't worried about getting robbed. Wasn't worried about being harassed. I was worried about vomit in my car. If they do that, then they have to pay for the uh, the cleanup. Right? Yeah, if they do that, they'd pay one way or the other. Yeah, I think it's actually in the agreement or something That's, like yeah, that. Yeah, but it, I'll take my pound of flesh as well. Yeah, this is my car. I don't go into your house and vomit. Pound of flesh. 
That sounds so violent. Not literally up. Yes, I'll take out my hacks on. All right, which pound would you like? It's, a, it's an expression. You, you cutting people up now, Austin? Not anymore. <laughs> Let's all save the birds. You got to try everything once, Jake. If you saw a dog that got hit by a car, would you call Uber? Are there dog ambulances? Uh, I don't know. Or is I, it only the dead ones that you call and they come and they remove the uh, carcass? I know Tony Park saved a cat once, but I think he was stone sober. No, that, that's a true story. Hmm. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Are, th- are there animal ambulances? I don't know about that. I don't that. think do so. Do veterinarians have a veterinarian, what do you call, how do you say that? Vet, vet hospitals, do they have ambulances? I, I do know, since you're mentioning it, that there was a story that ran over the weekend that there's the uh, animal shelter here in Salt Lake is to capacity with 300 plus animals waiting to be adopted. Really? And uh, they sent out a number that I didn't know was available that if you see a stray animal, you need to call this number. So they're come, they come and get them and safely keep them until someone adopts them, and they don't put them down, and it's 801-743-7000. Mm. Well, Thank everybody out there, to... go adopt a pet. Seriously. Yeah, go save, uh, save an animal's life and uh, bring them to a loving home. Sounds good to me. I think you need to go get a dog, Gordon. What do you think? Uh, well, we have had a dog. Uh, Currently? No. But, um, See, there's my, a place. My wife, uh, my wife is uh, not in the mood for a dog right now why i don't know ask her well it's because she has to do all the cleanup right she has to do all the work she's fastidious in her cleanliness i see all right stay tuned coming up next um mike conley as well as justin zanuck went on the woge cast adrian wojnarowski's podcast and had several interesting things to say what do they call it the Wodge pod it's the Woj Pod. Yeah. Woj I was Pod. trying to make it rhyme. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll play you some highlights from those conversations. Hodgepodge from the Woj Pod? <laughs> As we continue to talk Utah Jazz basketball. Next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.